You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay. They continue to dig themselves out of that blizzard that just blew through. And we have some playoff football to talk about, man. We'll just kind of kick things off. Uh, you know, last night, obviously, there was a couple games yesterday. C.J. Stroud, real deal. We've talked about it pretty much all year. He just continues to impress. No one's seen that coming. I don't care who you are. Listen, I said he was the best passer coming into the draft. I am not going to sit here and pretend like we expect – I expected him to do what he did this year. Just an absolute leader at such an early – a young age. I think they said he's the youngest quarterback in NFL history to win a playoff game, if I remember. And then, of course, the Chiefs game, which that's what I want to kind of dive into here. Tim, man, I'll tell you, I got frustrated, and I know you were watching the game as well. That's the first time since I've been watching the NFL, and keep in mind I've been watching since roughly 1990, okay? So we're talking about a long time, right, long time, over 30 years, obviously. First time I've ever seen someone having an equipment malfunction, and the officials call a timeout and allow that person to get his equipment straightened out before they played another snap. And I'm talking about Pat Mahomes and his helmet breaking. First of all, it's illegal for a running back, a ball carrier, which that's what Pat Mahomes was, to lower your head and lead with the crown, right? Which some would say exactly what he did on the play. Yeah, some were saying, well, he didn't lower it enough. BS. If if anybody else does that, they're probably calling the the flag. The other thing too, did you notice how on the scramble? um, I can't remember if it was the same play. I think it might have been a different play where. It, you know, he kind of tucks into the crowd, and it looks like, okay, he's going to go down. And you can see the defender ready to touch him because he don't want to get hit with a penalty. And mm-hmm. he just used to run. And it's like they need to they need to lift that a little bit, that whole quarterback sliding thing. They need to lift it just a touch and let them take two or three good licks, and they'll stop with all this manipulating the defense, trying to act like they're going to slide, then they stay up. Pat didn't really do that, but you could tell the defender was like, I cannot get a penalty right here. 
I mean, it's going to cost you the game, essentially, right? So uh, Pat Mahomes lowers his head on, on the next play. Helmet gets cracked. A chunk flies off. And I'm thinking, oh, he they'll probably test him for a concussion, I would imagine. Oh, no. No, no, not Pat Mahomes. The rules don't apply. The other thing, too, did you see Travis Kelsey get tackled on the sideline? His head smacked the turf. No test for a concussion whatsoever. Any of the other 31 teams in the league, they're pulling Kelsey off, throwing him in the tent. They did it to Justin Fields the other day, remember? When yep. his when his helmet – and it didn't even hit nothing like Kelsey's. Go back and watch that play of Kelsey getting tackled on the sideline. The announcers, no mention of it, no nothing. Oh, Patty, Patty broke his helmet. Everybody stop. Stop. Let's get Pat, let's get Pat a new helmet. Then we'll continue playing. Drives me absolutely bonkers. So I'm done ranting. What did you think about the Kansas City game, Tim? I'll tell you what all of that being said, it still didn't make me as angry as Miami's offense did. I'll tell you, man, did they crap the bed? Um yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, I got a lot of respect for Andy Reid, you know. Um obviously a Hall of Fame surefire hall of fame coach um a legend in his own right spent a few seasons up here in green bay with us and um you know you got to respect him uh same thing with spags steve spagnola called a hell of a defense yesterday um applying pressure constantly um so there's a respect factor there so i right. want to say that first and Love foremost Andy Reed. Love Andy Reed. yeah big big respect for that that staff um but yeah i'm i'm kind of sick of the uh pat mahomes golden boy um you know, plays by his own rules. The league coddles him. Um, I mean, that was one of the softest roughing the passer calls I saw. I don't know if you saw that towards the end of the game too. Um, you know, I, I get it. You know, you want to protect your quarterbacks in this league. The, there's rules designed for that. Um, but I think the NFL takes it to a new level with Pat Mahomes. And so I'll just say this. I can't wait to see them lose. That's all. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just <laughs> – just over it. <laughs> I think back to the the uh, offensive offsides call there, and Pat was like, "I mean, yeah, he may he may have been offsides, but they, you know, you got to let us know about that before you call." It's like, what again? Yeah, he's expecting them to stop the game and say, "Hey, listen, guys, make sure you're on sides." That's what makes me cringe so much, man. It's like you already get help, and you're and you're still it's crying about officiating. It's yeah. just mind boggling, and you're a good enough player. I mean, well, your numbers aren't there this year, but I mean, he's a good enough player. He shouldn't need that. You should just go out and play your game, man. So, yeah. exactly. I, I think it was no, is slowly, slowly ending. Was that one play the reason the Dolphins lost the game? Absolutely, Absolutely not. No. no. But you know, like Nick McSwain says in the chat, Dolphins had the worst game plan last night. There's no two ways about that, Nick. That's that's for darn sure. And. You know, people have said it all year long. Michael Lombardi said it all year long. If you want to beat Miami, get pressure into his face. Push the pocket. Push it towards him. Because that quick passing game is sometimes three-step drop. You got to find the throwing lane. If you get pressure in his face, and I'm not I'm not talking about pressure like getting to him. It means get good burst off the ball from the interior, overload the interior, and get hands in that throwing lane. Right. Yeah. And you've seen it all night long and they actually hit home with the pressure as well. But, yeah, it was a horrible game plan. And, uh, you know, it brings that crew down just a touch. Right. Where everyone they were kind of everyone's darling this year. And it just shows, you you know, the NFL cyclical. You can be hot for a quarter of the season and absolutely bomb out after it. Jacob, you good, man? You uh, let me check a message, I guess. Is that what you're saying? It's negative seven. Oh, negative seven. <laughs> Sorry, I'm late. Good morning. Good morning. My dog's feet were sticking to the ground, and I had to carry them. 
Otherwise, his feet would get gotcha. stuck. <clears throat> Jacob's in the house. He's colder than a well digger's rear end, but he's here, you know. So uh, Drew D in the chat says, yeah, the NFL's in the bag for the Chiefs. Um, let's see. Uh, Jen Wright pointed out, yeah, Stroud versus Love would be one hell of a game. Could you imagine that matchup? That would be absolutely awesome. I would just love to see everybody, the shock on everybody's face if there was a Packers-Texans Super Bowl. That would be amazing. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, Gerald Lee in the chat says, "If is Christian Watson playing today? We don't know yet, Gerald Lee, but Ron actually mentioned earlier in the chat. Uh, Ian Rappaport says Watson will work out pregame, but they are optimistic he could go Jai's 50-50. So they're going to test the hammy pre pregame. The good thing is it's indoors, so I think it gives you the best chance of him playing. Um, but, again, it just depends on how it feels, right? And you don't want to slow this Packers offense down by trying to put someone out there who's playing 80%, right? Um, this uh, this offense is humming right now. There's no, no doubt about that. So uh, appreciate you guys and gals in the chat. Let's kind of jump into a couple of things I wanted to hit on. People were asking questions in the chat and I can't remember the exact questions uh, yesterday, but it kind of sparked me this morning. I'm, I'm, I was going, I'm trying to remember what they were asking. I believe someone was asking at some point over the last couple of days, um, how are the Cowboys versus man and zone? Now you guys know we play a, a combination of man and zone. We've been leaning on man a little bit more than we usually have here recently, although we're still running more zone if I remember correctly. So with that being said, Let's kind of dive into how the Cowboys match up against man and zone, right? Here are their receivers against man coverage, okay? Look at C.D. Lamb versus man coverage. 58 targets in man coverage. This is cover one, cover zero, cover two man, okay? Those are the only, really the only three types of man coverage there is when you're charting a game. So C.D. Lamb's receiver rating against man coverage, 140.4, 58 targets, Completion percentage 75.9, right? And you guys know I'm not a big fan of man coverage, right? We've talked about it at nauseum. So he absolutely eats up man coverage. Second with only seven targets is Turpin, and Turpin has a receiving rating of 133.9. Understand receiving rating or receiver rating is the passer rating when targeting that player, and in this case, against man coverage. Brandon Cooks, 30 targets, 124.3, balling out, right? Jalen Brooks, only two targets, 110.4. Then Jake Ferguson, they're tied in, uh, 30 targets, 99.7. So to put that into perspective, against man coverage, C.D. Lamb and you know their top three receivers, 140.4, 133.9, 124.3. Now, versus zone, look at this. Turpin jumps up, only five targets, 136.7, right? Schoon Schoonmaker. 112.1, but only 10 targets. Jalen Brooks, 111.5, but only four targets. You see how those are small sample sizes, right? Much larger sample size against zone coverage for C.D. Lamb, and his receiver rating drops down 30 points. What was it, 30, how many? Yeah, 30, roughly 30 points. So this team does not play as well. I'm not saying they're bad, but they don't play as well against zone coverage, right? Jake Ferguson, 100.2, slightly better, significantly more targets. So what it tells you is two things. If you want to play to the numbers, play to your odds, right, your strengths here, you play majority zone defense. It doesn't mean you can't mix in man. You know, there's people out there going, we need to play man coverage and just match up jaw on C.D. Lamb. Okay, C.D. Lamb's been eating man coverage up all year long. If we go to zone, you kind of neutralize C.D. a touch. You know, I'm, again, I'm not saying he's, he's just horse crap against zone, 
but you neutralize him a little bit more with a much larger sample size there too with 96 targets. But then are also going to lean on Jake Ferguson a little bit more. So if you come out and you play some form of shell, cover four, whether it's country quarters or zone match, you guys know I like cover three zone match. That's my favorite defense in the entire National Football League. I think it it you can you can sell it as shell pre-snap, then rotate the middle field close, single high safety. You with zone match principles, you don't even know what your assignment's going to be. So the quarterback definitely doesn't know what your assignment's going to be. It doesn't mean that they can't scheme up certain passing concepts, route combinations to get the look they want. But you're making the quarterback think pre-snap, you're making him think post-snap, and you're making the receivers think in their choice routes, and you can manipulate them with the technique you show from a defensive back standpoint. So wanted to point that out and kind of kick things off with that. Let's go around the horn with that. Tim, what stands out to you about this? I can pull up both graphics, both man and zone here. No, I think you're spot on. Um, I think uh, the the attitude that uh, just pressing up and playing man-to-man is going to be the answer is it's just not. Um, I do think we have to mix it in. We have to give them different yes. looks. Uh, we have to give um, Dak something to think about back there. Um, but I agree. I think I think zone and, uh, you know, help to that to that area for sure. Uh, safety help is going to be absolutely crucial when trying to um, because you're not you're not going to shut CD lamb down. What what you can hope to do is limit him. Um, I I bring up, you know, Justin Jefferson and how we we handled him. You know, you you, you keep uh, CD lamb at or around 100 yards and, you know, hopefully you limit the explosives. That's a pretty darn good, good game against an elite receiver. Um, But I do think it's going to it's going to come down to our boys up front, man. You know, we got to get pressure in his face. You know, we talked about that with Tua last night, right? We, you know, the game, the game plan was to keep collapsing that pocket towards him and uh, take away the quick pass, those kind of things. I think with Dak, it's a, it's a similar approach. You've got to, you got to give him a lot to think about back there. You've got to give him a lot to read, and then you've got to apply pressure, um, pressure, pick, coverage, sack. You know, we talk about that all the time. Um, that's going to be the recipe today, I think, um, against yeah. uh, that Dallas offense. Definitely. Look at the the pod father, Ryan Schlipp, in here with the super chat. Appreciate you, buddy. He said, look, let's keep it simple, man. Let me let me uh, drop a Tim burger down there and say go pack go. But we uh, we appreciate you, buddy. I know you're working your tail off over there putting content together for today and uh, really been enjoying the watch parties, too, man. I've been jumping in there and watching you and your boy uh, check out the game. And it's uh, it's been really, really cool, man. Seeing your all's live reaction. And it's like it sounds like an echo of me over here reacting and you guys react in the same way. So love it. Seems Jacob, like a you... good time to throw that QR code up there, upper right hand yeah. corner That's of your cool. screen. Make sure you guys uh, click on that. To take you right to the Packer Packernet podcast network where you can get all the shows. Yep. Absolutely. Put your, uh, put your breakfast beer down for a second and scan that QR code <laughs> on the big screen. All right. And that'll, uh, That'll take you to a bunch of different platforms where you can get Packernet podcasts. Like I said, we've got it's where you can find this podcast. You can find the flagship podcast called Packernet Podcast. Kind of cool, huh? And you've got Packernet After Dark where uh, Ryan allows uh, listeners to call in and leave voicemails and he reacts to those. we got Jake Shavink's It's Always Draft Season podcast, all the all the good podcasts there. So a lot better content than you'll find right here. I promise you that, but appreciate you, Ryan. So uh, Jacob, what do you think about those receivers and uh, how they stack up against uh, man and zone there? I mean, they're definitely scary. Tim kind of stole all my, uh, my nice punchlines. I was going to do the pressure pick coverage sack. I was going to talk about the defensive line, but you know, I, I, a lot of it, I'm not, 
I'm a, I'm not too worried. I shouldn't say worried is the right word, but I, I'm not as dependent on Jair as I thought I would be as far as how this defense is going to play. Yeah. Um, we talked about whether or not we want like a 80 to 90 percent Jair versus not having them at this point. I still think, like Tim said yesterday, uh, I kind of just want them out there. If anything, just to keep maybe the offense in a somewhat honest fashion. But I, I really do think it comes down to the defensive line in both aspects. I mean, if they don't control the line of scrimmage, we've seen how that goes for us. If we get beat in the trenches, it's just not yeah. pretty. And then, like we talked about, just, you know, Tim said, we, we got to keep Dak can't have time to sit back there and scan the field. If, if we do that, it's just going to get bad. And, and we've seen how that happens when we're all of a sudden guys are just leaking open and all these different gaps. And um, I don't know, man, I, I, I really would like to see a game from Rashawn Gary. I mean, I know we've we've talked about that. It's time for him to explode. He's been a field, he's been a leader on the field and off the field, but right now is when he needs to turn it into that that separate gear. I think Ryan's talked about it on his podcast how other guys, they're edge to players or they're <clears throat> they're star players, they're playing the whole game. They're in there all the time. Yeah. They're not taking snaps off. This is playoff football. This is win or go home. If Rashawn Gary is not in there for the bulk of the snaps, I'm talking like 95% of them. I just, <clears throat> I will question that. And, you know, yeah. we don't have to get into a Joe Barry conversation, but that, I, to stop having a Joe Barry conversation, I don't want to do that. Let's wait till the offseason. And I don't want the offseason to start tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean, so I'm just ready for him to, to maybe, you know, quiet the haters, earn the money, and let's go out there and get that win by throwing a lot of sacks down. Cause I think that's the only way to really slow down this offense. Yeah. <laughs> Took it down. And I don't think anybody's blaming, uh, Rashawn Gary, right? I mean, this is obviously something that that Green Bay's done for a while. This rotational yeah. aspect of their edge. We came into the year knowing that it's it's pretty pretty common knowledge across Packer, you know, Packer fandom that that they do have a heavy rotation at the edge position, you know, during season. And and, and ironically, and I'm not making this up, that rotation was somewhere around sixty five percent. Sixty five percent. Really was so they would basically your starting edge defenders were playing about sixty five percent of the snaps if I remember when I talked to to Baz coming into the uh, this season. So, I think uh, with the rotation we see more of it on on Preston's side. You'll see LVN rotated in, um, Preston Smith getting some snaps off, um, yeah. and then you know we Kingsley and Igbari has been kind of you know peppered in here and there. Um, but I I think Jacob's spot on man. I mean, we got to see 60-plus snaps from Rashawn today for sure. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, the edge – our edge group, man, is going to be the X factor, I think. You know, the boys in the middle can get it done in the trenches. They played well last week, um, but we need that pressure. Um, and, again, like you always say, man, watch your watch your depth in your running lanes when you're getting getting in there. We can't be running down the field and have Dak stepping up in, uh, in the mm -hmm. pocket because, as we know, you know, he's not – He's not Mr. Run with the ball. He's not a Justin Fields, but, man, that guy can be mobile when he needs to be. And he so, can wait to the last second to yep. throw the ball, too. You know, how many times we've seen him drop back in the pocket, create a little time, sprint forward like he's going to run downfield like a tank and last second on the run, just pop it over to the top. fires it, yep. Yeah. you got to play uh, discipline on the back end for sure. Yeah, Drew D in the chat said, Ferguson is a guy that gets open with football IQ rather than athleticism. Obviously, that's what it showed there against zone. Completely agree with that, uh, Drew. He said, also, don't let the running game get going because if Dallas can play complimentary football between the run and the pass, then we're in big trouble. Yeah, you just got to try to play from ahead, man. And people are going, oh, there's a great idea, Clayton. I know it sounds silly to even say it, but, like, 
You've got to put emphasis on that. You've got to jump out to an early lead if at all possible. Doug in the chat says, breakfast beer. You guys in Tennessee know how to live. No, we know how to ruin our lives down here is what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I was, so, you call me anything you want <laughs> Exactly Alright, we're going to keep this thing on the rails here So some people are going, okay, that's the receivers Clayton, but how does Dak stack up Against man and zone? Man, we should have pulled those stats Actually we did, alright, here we go Dak versus man coverage All right, Dak versus man coverage A passer rating of 111.7 Okay Um his completion percentage, 65.3%. Oh, Touchdown percentage, 6.5%. Interception is at 1.8. So 111.7, right? What does he do against zone coverage? Bang, he drops down to 97.9, okay? You'll notice that the touchdown percentage goes down, right? And uh, look at the sack percentage, too. Against zone, 7.4%. Against man, 5.3%. Pressure pick, coverage, sack. It's obvious that Dak is not as comfortable against zone coverage as he is man. And obviously with the the numbers in the receiving room would kind of lead you to believe, of course, that the quarterbacks, it's going to show that he's better against man than zone because the receivers numbers are so much higher. Yes. Just wanted to kind of take a look at that and say, okay, how exactly does he stack up uh, individually? Look at the, 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 the accuracy too. Let's we, we talked about the completion percentage, right? When you go to man coverage, Catchable percentage, 87.2 against man. Catchable against zone, 89.4. He's actually more accurate against zone. So what does that tell you? What it tells me, look at the the, uh, yards per attempt, too. Yards per attempt against man is 9.4. Yards per attempt against zone is 7.6. So he's having to check the ball down against zone, and that's what's also allowing you to get to the quarterback a little bit more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This is not the game to try to get cute and go man heavy. I'm thinking, mix it in. Like you said, Tim, we got to have man coverage in there. you got to keep them honest, right? You, you want to give them those looks, too, where you can sugar with a shell look and play a little cover one robber. With yep. you could even play you can play robber with a little outside leverage from the safety position and play inside leverage on the slot to take the quick hitter away too. You can get creative with it. Robber just simply means traditionally robber is when you're in a too high look and the safety post snap comes down and plays short middle zone. Well, you can play that and cheat to the hash too. So if they come out in a trips look, then have your your slot corner play inside leverage and have that late rotation from the robber look play outside leverage to take away the corner, you can kind of, you know, bracket cover CD land. The problem is they get paid too. They're yeah. looking at the same data we're looking at. They're looking at the same game tape we're looking at. And we're going, okay, they'll probably try this. So why don't we counter with that? And you may get a lot of jerk routes. You might get a lot of double moves today if we try to play man. But if we come out and we play that zone and we show a little shell, what I would like to see happen is come out and show middle field close, safety in the box, Cover three zone match, right? I'd like to see that. And then if we get to a lead, now drift into your shell and force him to use every inch of the field. And I'm okay with those long drives. I know it pisses people off hearing me say that. I'm okay with the long drives as long as they end with a field goal. We can That's do the flip side of that too, right? You know, start start single high, give them a give them a man look, and then rotate late rotate the safety back as well. Absolutely. Um, just create like you always say, you, sugar man. We need yep. some sugar on it today. Uh, you can't play a team like this straight up. You've you've got a sugar uh, pre-snap and then uh, have some post-snap rotation, regardless of what approach you're taking. Um, yeah. Because you know you got to, like I said yesterday, you know we we don't fear our opponent, but we respect them. And you've got to respect uh, Dak's ability to, to stand in that pocket, like you said, and take every second and dissect that defense. So we've got to give him a lot to think about. Um, and you know, combined with pressure, I think. We have a chance to uh, win this ball game today. Definitely on uh, NFL Live, or it was uh, it was on NFL on ESPN. They did a quick clip. It's only like a minute long. Rex Ryan was kind of propping up the Cowboys a bit, and I want you to hear Randy Moss interject. And I think he mentions Jordan Love, if I remember correctly. But this is Rex Ryan, former head coach in the league, one of the better defensive minds in the time that I've watched football. I just don't think he makes a great head coach personally. I don't think he's one of those, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Trying to think of the right word, Robert politician, Robert. politician stops tops. You know what I'm saying? Like those, uh, uh, the words escaping me right now. Anyway, he has very, very little uh, political correctness when it comes to the in the media. Anytime you're talking about having a toe fetish and you're a head coach, <laughs> probably not a good look, you know. But the man knows defense, and so did his daddy, so did his brother. But here's what Rex Ryan had to say on Packers Cowboys. And then, obviously, uh, Randy Moss, Hall of Famer, wide receiver, former Viking, steps in, too. Check it out. If you don't get it done 
then when are you going to get it done? It's set up for you so bad. Like right now, it's set up for you. Your roster's probably the best in the National Football League from top to bottom. It's your time to win it. I will double down on it. I think this is a year for Dallas. Real quick, you have been uh, very hard on Jordan Love, and you said between him and Dak Prescott, you talk about the 20-some touchdowns that Dak Prescott had. Y'all said last night, when it comes to talking to Kansas City Chiefs, is anybody but who? Travis, right? Travis, yeah. Okay, in the Dallas Cowboys outfit, anybody but who? C.D. Lamb. Okay, then, so to my point, if it's not C.D. Lamb, where does that go? We, they've had some problems, some up and down offensively for the Dallas Cowboys. But when I talk about Jordan Love going on the road, going at home, delivering this ball, he's had a lot of injuries, uh, Rex. Yeah. So to your point, Dak Prescott has had a phenomenal year behind Mike McCarthy, but Jordan Love has met all the expectations. No, he has. Absolutely. I don't disagree. So. <laughs> Stop playing with him. You. Stop playing with him. Exactly. So you see, you heard Randy Moss, first ballot Hall of Famer, go to bat for Jordan. Like, hold up a minute, y'all, kind of, kind of not giving Jordan his credit here, right? Um, wonder, wonder how Jordan played against man coverage and zone, right? I'm glad you asked. Let's see. So they play a lot of cover one. I specifically keyed in on cover one here, gang. You know, we showed you they play middle field close a large majority of the time. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull it up to make sure I'm not speaking out of my rear end. Okay, here's their tendencies. So they play man coverage second most in the league, and they play middle field close second most in the league. So the majority of the time today, you're going to see, unless they change it up, because, again, they've got access to this data too. they got access to the tape, obviously. What you're going to see them run a lot of is cover one man. When we say middle field close, it means there's a safety in the middle of the field deep rather than two safeties split. Okay, that means middle field close. And these analytics, these stats aren't pre-snap. It's the actual play call. So they may come out in a two-high shell, and I don't know how often Dallas does that pre-snap. And then they rotate, right? They rotate post-snap. So they're in post-snap the majority of the time, middle field close, and the majority of the time they play man coverage. So you're going to get a lot of cover one man, cover one robber, and cover one drop, okay? You also get cover one will fire or Sam fire where they'll fire one backer. Everyone's man coverage is just a deep safety. That's another way they get pressure on. They're bringing five when they do that. So how does how did Jordan Love play against cover one man this year? Here are the rates, okay? 62.2% completion percentage, catchable percentage, 84.8, on target 74.3% of the time, his yards per attempt was only 5.6, right? But touchdown percentage, 11.4. Interception percentage, 1.0. His passer rating was 111.1 against man coverage. Against specifically cover one man. I can't say that enough. Cover one man. Deep center safety, man coverage across the board. Look at these totals, guys. This is him against cover one man this year. 219 dropbacks, not a small sample size, right? So, he had 1,121 passing yards. Look at the touchdown-to-interception ratio against cover one man. 23 touchdowns, two interceptions. He was sacked 10 times and had 58 pressures. 23 touchdowns and two interceptions. Easy math. He finished with, what was it, 11 interceptions on the year, guys? So nine of his 11 interceptions came in other defenses outside of cover one man. Dallas is looking at this. The question is, are they going to adjust and try to play it a little bit different against Jordan Love, or are they going to go, nope, we know what we do well, let's play our our style of ball. If they do, 
This is set up for those double crossers. This is set up for those mesh plays. This is set up for that slot cross that uh, Greg Cosell broke down last night, right? That we showed you here on, on PTA Live. So I thought I seen those numbers and went, boy, please stick to the game plan, Dallas. Please stick to the game plan. Now, listen, does it mean they won't hit home with the blitz and get home with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence? No. I mean, you still got to play your matchups, but I really, really like how we stack up against cover one man here, which is what they play the majority of the time. Jacob, what do you think about that? Am I off base there? Is there anything you disagree with or uh, anything you want to add? No, I mean, it's just really kind of fun to see that on paper. You don't see those types of numbers. I mean, that touchdown interception ratio, that's, I mean, I hate to compare it, but I mean, that's, that's Aaron Rodgers type precision right there. It is, dude. It, it, it's almost kind of crazy. And when you're talking, <clears throat> as you're describing that cover one, and I can almost see the lineup from like a Madden view, because mm -hmm. I remember just watching Jordan right now, like you said, when that safety is that, uh, that back deep safety, he just seems like he's not, he's just processing the field so quickly. And a lot of these times, like we're watching, and that's where you see those like Mahomesian type throws where he is fitting those balls over the top, like in such precision. Like I, I just, I remember at the beginning of the year when you see him dropping those balls in the buckets, I always thought like, what does that really even mean though? Like, does that really even show? But it really does. The fact that he can arc it into those little tiny spaces to beat those coverage guys. It's, it's, it's really crazy to think about that. Um, the other thing I was thinking is, uh, pre-game, I was listening to Ryan's podcast, and he was talking about if he had to pick between Jair and Watson, he's probably leaning towards Jair for this game. And I got to honestly disagree after looking that at that stat just because the idea of using Watson on those, like you talked about, the crossing routes, any kind of drag route, anything that he's going to be um, stretching the field or crossing the field, have him on one side, Bull Melton possibly on the other, and then you still got to worry about Don Wick and Jaden Reed. I think that's just too much. And we haven't talked about the tight ends yet because we have so many options. I just think that this defense, um, it's going to get tested today. I really do think that the Packers offense is going to come to play. Yeah. Another thing that could come into play there too, when you were talking about Watson, Sorry, Ryan. using using, <laughs> him, yeah, no, using him on the crossers, right? If you use him on the crossers, yes, he's got the speed, but imagine this, imagine you come out in a two by two 11 personnel. So you've got two receivers on your left, right? You've got a tight end attached and another receiver on your right. So that's a two-by-two two set. Imagine if you ran a dagger concept but did it with a crosser on the left side. What I mean by dagger, Christian Watson lined up on the inside, just a street. Just a, and if they're in cover one man, you can sell it like almost like it's a, a, a double post concept and bend it back out away from the safety. The safety's got to decide if I'm going there, and then you the, the dagger aspect – Rather than having it just a dig underneath, you got a crosser. You still get your double crosser combination. You can do it with the Y on the opposite side, or you could just have him leak as a safety valve if, if it hits home. And you can have your Z on the opposite side be the other side of that double crosser. So you could do kind of a, a dagger double crosser concept with a Y leak and even have a T swing off the back end too if they decide to overload blitz on that side. So that's another way you can be cover one man and how you can utilize Christian Watson's speed even outside of the crosser. I say that because imagine Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed on the double crossers with Watson stretching it. Or imagine Jaden Reed and Dontavian Wicks on the double crossers with Christian stretching it. Or if Christian can't go, Imagine Jaden Reed and his speed or Romeo Dobbs on the deep, on the deep fade, the nine fade, and the other two guys on the inside. There's a lot of things you can do. And then you get them keying in on that man coverage-wise, and all of a sudden you use a little jet motion and you run a couple reverses and you get them really thinking about that, and you're pounding the rock with Aaron Jones. Listen, I'm not saying that 
that I feel like we've got a good shot at winning this game. I think I've made it pretty clear we got our work cut out for us. But when you start talking about all the different concepts, right, man, it's uh, the, the sky's the limit with this offense, and it's all because of the young wide receivers, the game not being too fast for them, not being too big for them, and that's where you got to tip your freaking cap to Brian Gutekunst because he nailed this draft. Margin Crom making fun of me in the chat says Clayton's all geeked up, man. You get it. His receiving is tough. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, you get a couple of couple cups of that diesel in you too, man. Give me playoff Packer football. Woo. It's over. It is over. Um, let's do this real quick. We have uh we just talked about cover one man, right? And how teams see this on tape. What did the Minnesota Vikings try to do to the Packers? They tried to sugar cover one, middle field close, and then they late rotated to two high, right? They did it, and they tried to get creative with what we call an invert two, where rather than the safeties covering deep halves, you've got one corner is covering a deep half while the other safety rotates over to the other half, right? Now, they did it with a little Tampa 2 approach, knowing when we do this, if Jordan reads it out, he's going to try to bust the base wide open. He's going to hit right down the seam. So why don't we mix in a little Tampa 2 and have our mock drop deep down the seam too? So essentially you're running a portion of cover 3 defense, but they're showing they're showing what's normally a cover 3 with a single high safety, late rotating the 2, which is typically middle field open cover 2 zone, and then mixing in a Tampa 2. The problem is when you got an absolute freaking dog at quarterback, which Jordan Love has proven to be this year, it doesn't matter because he can still get that ball in that window as soon as he realizes where you're going where what you guys are doing as a defense. David Carr breaks it down. This is the play that on Chalk Talk I referred to as invert Tampa 2. They were sugar and middle field close and they went invert Tampa 2 and Jordan just beats them with better technique, better better he's better at the football than they were on this day is the best way of putting it. Let's check it. Let's check David Carr former number one overall pick for the Houston Texans, break down that play. Jordan Love, let's just pause it real quick. What do you see in the middle of the row? It's a single safety, single right? Single safety. Single yep. safety, but I'm going to tell you something. You can play cover two with a single safety. Okay. Watch this. This is great, right? He's going to roll over the top, and this corner is actually going to run back uh, and play the half, all right? Brian so Flores it's, special. Huh? It's a Brian Flores yeah. special, and so what you get is you get an adjustment to now take the middle by this receiver. The beautiful part about this is Jordan Love sees it. This is hard for a young quarterback to see, right? You don't see this. I mean, we have to sit here in our suits and talk about it on the telly so we can pause, we can rewind. But this is a great job seeing the safety split and realizing that this corner now has the middle of the field. And so as you look at this receiver, he's processing this information also. He sees the middle linebacker trying to run the middle. So now you got a middle linebacker on a receiver. Jordan is now registering that information and he's going to let it rip. Because if you can get time against this type of look, you can gash them down the oh middle. So Dan Quinn, he'll like to get in some of these looks too. But to put that on tape, I think it's great for them because now Jordan, they got the play action pass. They got this guy, right? Oh but goodness. to be able to win in the drop back pass game, that's a great element for Green Bay. So again, I don't expect Dallas, I, you know, that's not what they've shown a lot of this year. That's not the point. The point is if they're seeing the same data we are, and we know they are, if they're seeing the same game tape, the same four-game saturation, two previous two head-to-head matchups that we're seeing, if this dumb redneck's seeing it, I promise you Dan Quinn's seeing it. So he may try to go to a little bit of that modified look and mix in some zone. And I just wanted to show that clip because Minnesota tried it against uh, Love. He comes out, processes it. Remember what we showed on Chalk Talk too, Tim? The safety 
Jordan comes out, comes to the line, gets set. Hi, hi, right? A little green 19. The safety started creeping over, and he went, oh, where are you going? If you're playing single high safety, why are you cheating to the left? That automatically lets him know as soon as the ball snapped, I may want to look to the seam. Ball snapped, looks to the seam, invert two. We got leverage. The mock, you have no chance against Jaden Reed. Pop it right over the top, bust open the base, touchdown. So they may try to mix in some of that. And if they do, I like our chances against that. The goal today, guys, and, and you got I know you get tired of hearing me say it, you got to protect the football. If you yep. win the ball, you win the game. That's what LaFleur's talking about when he talks about win the ball, win the game. If you win the turnover differential, you win the game. Go ahead, Tim. Oh, I just, you know, I think it's going to be vital, too, that we break the huddle with at least 20 seconds on the play clock um, today uh, and get to that line. Get as much time as you can to diagnose. Um, I want to see Jordan with the uh, the head nod, you know, the little, hey, give me that motion. Let's see, let's see if we got a trailer or not. I think we're going to see some of that yo-yo motion we talked about today. Um, and, uh, you know, Jordan as a first-year starter is really hit his stride with his pre-snap uh, diagnosis out there. And uh, mm-hmm. being able to identify not only the mic, but just, you know, what's going on and uh, getting the right look, um, you know, and communication is key. We can't have a busted play like we had uh, last week against the Bears where uh, only one guy on the field knows what the heck we're doing. Um, you're going to have those hiccups once in a while. But I think the, the key today is going to be our pace um, and our tempo out there and uh, getting as much time as you can pre-snap to see what Dallas is throwing at you because um, you're going to need every every possible bit of info you can to uh, have the leg up against this defense. To that point, uh, I think that's exactly right, Tim. I would add, too, that I want to see Jordan Love and the Packers have that time. And in that time, while they're diagnosing, I want to start seeing him utilize the hard count a little more because he's really good at it. Like, Rodgers kind of inherited that Favre, like, inflection, that, you know, that really urgent kind of stuff. Because it does, I feel like, at least, even if the defense knows that you're doing it, if you start doing it a lot, you know what I mean? It at least gives them that split second of, like, they're going to hesitate. So they don't want to get that offsides call. So, yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, it's a very good point, man. Sideline report in here says Aaron Jones equals Cowboys killer. Hey, that's the other thing, too. If you get this running game going and they have to start committing to single high pre-snap look and you remove the everything from the equation of having to, to, to read as much pre-snap, when you come out and it's single high and you know, okay, they've made an adjustment. Let's say it's the third quarter and you've already got 80 yards rushing and you're moving the ball at four and a half yards a clip, right? you got the running game kind of going. You come out in the second half and they start putting the safety in the box. Now you know, okay, they're committing to stopping the run. That gives Jordan a little pre-snap freedom. You talk about coming to the line and reading everything out and having enough time to do it. Now you're going to get to the point where it's like, okay, we know the safety's in the box. They're trying to take the run away. I know what they're doing. Now you can invest that time, whether it's seven seconds, ten seconds, pre-snap, and you can look at the DBs and you can look at their feet like Peyton and Eli talk about on the Manning cast. Look, you can look at their feet and go, okay, where's where's his weight distribution? All right, he's yeah. belling out. He might be blitz. You know what I'm saying? You got more time to process everything at a little bit closer rate. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's absolutely huge. Any ounce of information you can gather pre-snap is absolutely, I mean, it is huge. Yep. You notice how the last few years everybody was complaining about Aaron Rodgers. All he does, he waits till the last possible second to snap the ball. This is ridiculous. That's why he's doing yeah, it. Yeah, that's called it's good football. Jordan, it's why Jordan loves doing it. If you snap it at five seconds, then, and especially if you do it from a sense of you're giving them 
an opportunity to understand your snap count, your cadence, and exactly when you're going to snap the ball. If you mix it up, that's great. But if you're not going to mix it up, take it to the last second. Because if you snap it at five seconds, that might be the difference between them sugaring and not sugaring, right? Yep. And uh, take and it we know how this out. league is with the – they'll let you snap on zero. You know, it, it's pretty difficult to get a delay a game. Um, and a lot of times the officials will look and say, hey, you want the timeout. So you got to play with that that freedom and that ability that, you know, we, we got to not panic when we see that, you know, the Absolutely. snap the freaking ball, Josh, those days are over. You know, <laughs> we, we've, we've got, uh, we've got it together now in, in every second counts. I, I love it. I mean, we watched that touchdown in chalk talk and you could, you could clearly see, it, you know, there was two seconds, one second, and then the ball snapped. Yeah. That's what we need to see. Cause you're absolutely right. Clayton, if, if we're hurrying up, and getting too early and not getting that that intel pre-snap, that's a recipe for disaster against a top-tier defense. Yeah, and I'll tell you the first time that I recognized this, way back in the day, let me put my Papaw Bailey cap on here real quick. Right around 2002 or 2003, you guys remember when the – and he, he's in the news right now, Belichick leaving New England. You remember when New England was absolutely dominating the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning? Remember the snow games where it was just Peyton – couldn't figure it out. He was constantly throwing picks. Do you know what their secret was? Literally, Belichick studied every bit of his career tape and said he 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 charted when do they snap the ball, how many seconds are left on the uh, on the play clock whenever he makes his final call. Okay, so you know when they snap the ball, which is typically down to the one or two second mark. But when did he make his check at the line? You guys remember Omaha, Omaha? He would always scream Omaha, Omaha. He's changing the line, changing the play at the line. Do you know why? He'd come out, a couple hard counts. They would declare their defense. Omaha, he would change the play because they tipped their hand. Bill Belichick walked through every bit of Peyton Manning's pre-snap tape and said, okay, guys, he's snapping the ball on average this second on the play clock. I better not see one defender move their feet until that point, because once it gets to that point, he doesn't have enough time to change the play. So he yep. comes out, they show the look, they may even sugar and then drop back, right? They may do like a double sugar look, Omaha, Omaha, he changed the play. And then when they hit the five second mark, whatever it was, four second mark, we had no time to change it. They would move into position. So Peyton, everything that he just changed about the play, and I'm trying not to grin, I love this stuff. Everything he changed about the play and put himself in, a, in what he thought was an advantageous situation against Bill Belichick and that defense, all of a sudden they were totally in a different spot post-snap. So his pre, they manipulated the clock to the sense of when he was making his adjustment so that pre-snap he was completely sabotaging his offense. And people were like, man, how do they dominate them? They learned they're about a timing offense. So how about we – try to make as much contact as we can with their receivers and reroute them. And on top of that, let's don't give him one piece of information pre-snap. And they actually had to change the rules of the game to where you couldn't touch the receiver um, beyond five yards down the line of scrimmage. Like they were, they got so good at it, the league. It's one of about a dozen rules that the league changed because of the Patriots dominance. So uh, that's, that's what I love about Belichick, man. He just he's the goat. He's the goat for a reason. Anything you guys want to add to that before we watch a quick video from Sean O'Hare and then we're gonna get out of here. We're getting out of here on time, Tim. We're doing it, man. Let's roll, man. What do you and Jacob, you got anything? Yeah, let's let's do it. 
<laughs> He's like, it's it's negative seven outside. Let's just do it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's Sean O'Hara. For those of you who don't know, um, played for the Giants, right? Offensive lineman for the Giants back in the day, back around that time frame that I was just talking about. As a matter of fact, if I remember correctly, he was already in the league then. He is a part of the Giants, if I remember correctly, too, that kind of knocked the Patriots off later on. He talks about uh, being the underdog in this situation, okay? And obviously he's played in the league, played offensive line in the league, got a lot to share on this topic. Let's see what Sean O'Hare, former offensive lineman for the New York football giants had to say about uh, the Packers going into this game really as underdogs. It differently. I look at it from an energy standpoint, yeah. mm-hmm. like you love the young guys on your team because they bring the funk, they bring the energy <laughs> and they bring the possess. Now you need a couple of old souls to kind of let them know like, Hey, young buck, don't use it all up in the first half. Settle down. Don't you, like, this is a long game, and the postseason is a long stretch. We've already been through the regular season. Like, now we've got to crank it up. So it's all about energy manufacturing. But I also think, like, the age thing, once the game starts, like, okay, that goes out the window here. All right, it's the pressure, right? The pressure, uh, and, and young players, sometimes they don't even know how they're going to respond to it because maybe this is the first time they're playing a playoff game. Maybe the first time they've been on this big stage. But I also look at the pressure from a coach standpoint. I, I look at the floor right now. Look, the last couple of times they, he was in the playoffs, they were 13-3. and three. The pressure was on them to win. Mm-hmm. The pressure's off right now. Mm-hmm. Like Nobody expected them to even be in this dance right now, let alone go into Dallas right now and get the win. So the pressure right now is on the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's a big factor as well as the age. But I, I love young guys, young players. At this point in the season right now, they've had the fresh springs. They're the ones that are coming with all the energy, bringing the funk. So can, I, can I ask I think, you I think that's what the floor is leading on. There you go. Tim, let's go around the horn here once. What do you think about that? Anything? Well, let me go Jacob first. I've been going to Tim first. Jacob, like, I ain't got nothing to say. Tim's stealing all the thunder. Jacob, what do you think about that? Us being underdogs and everything, man. I love it. I think the team's embraced it. I think they are proud of the fact that they're a young team, the youngest team that's made the playoffs in the modern era, I believe. And um, like you said there, I, I it's a it's always going to be a double-edged sword when you're talking about that kind of thing because they are so young, but they're also inexperienced. I think the inexperience is great. You call it naivety or, or naivete or whatever you want to say, but it's <clears> – <throat> These guys don't know that they shouldn't be there as far as they're concerned. They're, you know, they've got that more cal- uh, college any given Saturday, but any given Sunday now mentality going forward. And like he said there, they're a younger group, man. They uh, they don't have the bumps and bruises that a lot of these older guys that at this point in the season, especially with an added game every year, you know, they're, uh, they're maybe getting that second wind a little bit better than some of the older guys. So it's that part of it's great going in. And like I said, they are jacked up and they are, they believe it. I mean, you watch these guys in the locker room. You watch Sean Gary, how excited he was. He almost he almost sent Matt LaFleur into the next zip code when he was shaking that guy. <laughs> yeah, you know I, mean? I just, yeah, I really do think that this team is confident. And if they go out there and if they're clicking, I mean, I really do think that I'm not going to be surprised if we get a W. And again, the pressure's off, man. I'm easy. I'm easy breezy. Yeah, yep. absolutely, man. Playing with the house's money. Tim, what you got, Bob? I, I think, you know, when you hear uh, him say that, um, you know, don't use it all up in the first quarter, you know, got to settle into the game. Um, you know, my thoughts are. Use it all, baby. <laughs> because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the real question is bring it from the first quarter to the last second ticks off the clock. Can you keep that intensity for four quarters of football? Because we need to start fast, start early, and we have to sustain that for, for 60 minutes of, of ball today. Um, and as far as these guys being young and the moment getting too big for them and, you know, unfamiliar territories, you know, first trip to Dallas for a lot of these guys, first playoff game, 
blah, blah, blah. I think these young players today are cut differently, man, and they live for this stuff, okay? Yeah. Big big stage here. Everybody's watching. Um, you know, I think a lot of our young guys are going to are gonna eat this up and enjoy every moment of it, and that's that's the key, you know? Have a respect for, for your opponent. We know the Cowboys cannot be taken lightly, uh, but we can't be intimidated. We need to go out there and play our best ball, and um, I'm telling – if I'm coaching this team, I'm telling my young guys – Go out there and, and turn it loose today, man. Leave it all out on the field. You know, tomorrow's not promised. Whatever we got to do, kitchen sink game, throw everybody and everything we have out there. Um, you know, we are going to need it from our staff too. Joe Barry's going to have to be in his bag. Matt LaFleur is going to have to be in his bag. And, um, you know, special teams, you know, this these kickoff and punt coverage, man, we got to be on point, man. We can't give up any yards, like any extra five, 10 yards here and there. That's going to, going to come back to bite you so uh i think these boys are ready today definitely and you know as you were talking about that and and obviously dallas being the better football team i immediately thought in my mind remember when the patriots won their first first their first super bowl they were playing against the greatest show on turf no one expected them to go out and win that game right and what did they do they went out there and just Overperform, outperformed everyone, right? They were playing with the house's money no one expected them that that actually launched a dynasty so I'm not trying to say the Packers can be the next Patriots dynasty. I'm just simply saying no one was expecting them to go on the run they went on, and here they were, right? So all you got to do is punch your ticket. But speaking of punch your tickets, want to give a special shout-out to BetUS, the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. Appreciate them jumping on board with us. If you guys want to support the stream and do it in a way that costs $0, all you got to do is click on the link in the description. That'll send you to BetUS where you can register as a customer for free. And by doing that and using that link specifically, it lets BetUS know that we sent you guys to them. So we would appreciate y'all doing that. The line has moved. The market line has actually moved from seven and a half to seven. Okay. So Green Bay is still seven point underdogs. We had someone last night say they were hearing rumors that Dak was fighting an illness possibly because Cooper Rush was sick in the locker room. I think we didn't give it too much, too much weight, but they were saying they thought that's why the spread moved a half a point. Um, must be a. It must be a pretty, a pretty weak, uh, a pretty weak virus there. If it only moved a half a point, right? So, but with that being said, the market is sitting at plus seven. Green Bay being seven point underdogs. PFF Green Line still has it at seven and a half. So they didn't buy. They're not buying the conspiracy, evidently. Now, when you go to Bet US, you can get a uh, you can get Green Bay plus seven there. So if you like Green Bay's chances of winning this game, you'll really like taking that plus plus seven at minus one and a half there as far as the odds. The over-under is set at 50 and a half, according to BetUS. Again, BetUS, America's favorite sports book, celebrating their 30th year in business. They are the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. So appreciate you guys uh, supporting us by doing that. One other thing I want to mention, we are doing three shows today, okay? This is the first of three. So at 2 o'clock Central Time, 3 o'clock Eastern, roughly an hour and a half before the game, we're going to be doing the Packers Total Access pregame show. All right, so everyone, welcome to come hang out with us for that. I know, Tim, you'll probably be here. Jacob, are you free or are you working today, bub? Oh, man, I'm going to try everything in my power. I'm, I'm, I'm scheduled off, but you know how it works in the restaurant. I got you, buddy. I got you. If you can make it, we'd love to have you. Tim, you good to go? Yes, sir. Awesome. So I know, I know we're going to see everybody back here in the chat. Uh, put a little graphic together there. I, I'm a, I wish I could move Jacob for just a second. I'm going to bring you right back, Jacob. Look right here underneath Jacob. Now Tim gets bigger, of course. <laughs> Funny how that's all out of here. <laughs> yeah. So 
I was trying to get it up there, but we've got actually a uh, Roger Stallback, you know, kind of faded out behind Dak there. Obviously, Bart Starr behind Love. If you look in the upper left, too, um, you've got you can't see it right now, but we got a uh, uh, Tom Landry and then old Vince in the upper right. Man, there's a lot of tradition, a lot of tradition when it comes to this uh, rivalry right here. So I'm really, really excited to break that down on the pregame show. We'll bring you a couple other video clips, other people talking about the game going in. We'll have the inactives. We'll know if Christian Watson's going. We'll know if Jair Alexander's going. And we'll see if there's any uh, any uh, just last-second updates with the Dallas Cowboys and their injury report. So with that being said, I want to give a special thanks to uh, Pack Daddy for the Super Chat. Thank you, sir. Appreciate everything you do for the network. And uh, really enjoy talking ball here on the Packernet Podcast Network. And, again, guys, if you like listening to stuff like this in podcast form, Search Packernet Podcast, and that'll take you to their page where you can find this podcast and a bunch of other better content than this. You can just scan that QR code in the upper right. That'll get you there, too. Thank you for that, Tim. All right, we're out of here, guys. Thank you all so much. Um, We'll be giving away an autographed James Lofton card tonight. So um, for those who were able to become YouTube members by midnight last night, you're entered into that drawing. We'll make sure we take care of that. You know how I know we'll do it? Because Tim will remind me. And I think Jacobs had to remind me in the past, too, because I'll get to the postgame show so jacked up talking ball that they're like, hey, ain't we supposed to give something away? Oh, that's right. So, appreciate Speaking that. of which, uh, remind you to get get it fired up. Uh, we got to get that chili going for game day. I tried this one chili and it set my mouth on fire and I had to drink a two-liter Mountain Dew. <laughs> got to have it, man, because, hey, look, this was us about seven weeks ago. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Another game. <laughs> Here right. we are, baby. Here, Here we, we are, are, boys. You I know, love it. Isn't it funny? Things kind of turned around as soon as Matt LaFleur made that comment at the presser about Jim Mora. He said, I'm not going to do my Jim Mora impression. And I've heard <laughs> I've heard he nails it. I've heard he's actually got a Jim Moore impression. So um, <laughs> anyway, we're out of here, guys. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us. This has been Good Morning Lambo. We'll see you guys for the pregame show at 2 p.m. Central. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go, Pat, go.